What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little bastard of business, they're dead meat. Hail and well met, and welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast. Your horror safe haven. I'm Chelsea. And I'm James. And we're engaged and we like to get ye oldie scared together. Ye I didn't oldie. know I didn't know you were gonna change it up on us. We are wearing our Renaissance fair costs or like stuff that we would wear. You're wearing a whole mixture of things. Uh, I yeah, like. I just grabbed some stuff from the closet. Yeah, I'm wearing my Renaissance fair dress that I made, so we're only about like four hundred years off. <laughs> so we tried. Wait, when does this movie take place? So Arthurian stuff, I feel like is I think the the tale of Gawain, Gawain, Garn, Garn. It was written in like eleven hundred something, I think. Arthurian scholars, don't yell at me for this entire episode, please. <laughs> I'm trying my best. Your field is very dense. <laughs> um, but I think it's weird. I think the tales themselves take place like a few hundred years before that. But I think every, like, adaptation of them just kind of puts them in, like, medieval times. So, like, 1100, 1200. Okay, I'm seeing Sir Gawain and the Green Knight is a late 14th century poem. Okay, so that's the 1300s. Yeah. So I was a few hundred years off. Yeah. So, okay, that, that's still medieval times, though. Medieval times goes up to, like, 1500. Oh, okay. See, that's why I limited myself in high school to learning about American yeah. history. Only a couple hundred years. I'll to clarify learn about. medieval times in like England and stuff. Okay. Because like the Tudors are considered the beginning of like modern England and kind of like the end, like the War of the Roses is kind of the end of the Middle Ages. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I, lo- I love English history a lot. Like I love the Tudors. I'm obsessed with them. Um, <laughs> Yeah, once you get back a little bit farther, though, is when I don't know as much. So bear with me here. There's a lot to learn okay. about Arthurian stuff. Hey, and you, Chelsea, The Green Knight's not a horror movie, is it? It seems spooky enough to me. It's honestly <laughs> kind of a Christmas movie. Uh, yeah, I would say this is not a horror movie at all. I think it's... It's not a horror movie, but I wouldn't be mad if I saw Green Knight stuff at a horror convention. It has vibes. The trailer was posted to the horror subreddit when the trailer came out. Because I think the trailer made it look kind of spooky. Yeah. And it's an A24 film. And they don't just do horror films, but they definitely, I think, are associated yeah, with, for with sure. horror. And I don't know. I think medieval England and like Arthurian lore is extremely creepy. Like... Mm-hmm. There is something very creepy about this kind of older England where it's this weird time period of, like, everyone converting to Christianity and stuff and, like, repressing all this paganism. And there's just so much magic and Mm -hmm. there's something about it that is just such a weird, creepy time and all the lore from it's creepy. There's all kinds of supernatural creatures and stuff running around and i i think it's a lot of fun witches wizards I, like as much as this isn't a horror movie yeah i think whatever 
what you know what the podcast we're allowed to get loosey goosey. It's close. I would say it's closer to horror than I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and you know what? What the fuck ever, man. We can talk about what we want here. Yeah, whatever. I just really wanted to watch this movie, and sometimes we don't watch stuff unless we're covering it for something <laughs> that we're working on. That's the sad reality of our lives. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> this movie shreds it's very good i loved it i knew i was gonna love it the trailer was just extremely my shit mm-hmm. um i wasn't super familiar with this specific tale but i have like a cursory knowledge of arthurian lore and i will say that you read the tale the night before we watched it because we were gonna watch that one time the one day only yeah. streaming thing and then it was sold out yeah. which i didn't know was a possibility but i'm glad that that happened in the end because you read the story and then you told me about the story. And I think knowing the story going into it helps. A hundred percent. If you haven't seen this yet and you're thinking, should I watch it knowing nothing or should I read maybe a version of the story first? Go read a version of the story first. I think, or even just read like just a skim through Wikipedia about uh, Gawain and Arthurian stories and kind of how all the characters are related to each other it kind of varies because they're you know they're they're not like any one specific creation so people like different authors do different things with them but there's consistencies and it's kind of neat to know all that stuff before you go in so you can see what the filmmaker's doing with it david lowry and what he's changing what he's keeping maybe what he is you know kind of making a nod towards and i th- I, I don't know i thought it was really helpful yeah, I just liked knowing what to expect, kind of, in the because it's very uh, uh, meandering almost. The it, yeah, it's like not in a bad vignettes. way. It's like little vignettes, each that have their own titles sometimes in mm-hmm. the film, and uh, I I liked knowing like oh we'll get to the resolution of the story eventually. In the meantime, we're gonna watch these little adventures that Gawain goes on. Yeah, I like all the little vignettes because it, it's weird how it made it feel like kind of this epic saga even though the original story if anything i would imagine it being kind of sandwiched into a larger thing because it's not a very long or complicated story which is why when i read it i was like how is this a movie yeah <laughs> and it's already been made into movies before it's been oh. adapted a lot it's actually one of the um, like Arthurian stories that gets like adapted into stuff a lot, not necessarily full length movies, but just like, you know, plays or like puppet shows, like in the movie, there's a <laughs> puppet show. But um, I guess I don't even know where to start. Like, should I give some background about like the character and just like what we're dealing with here? Sure. So, yeah, I props to my our very good friend Caitlin Postal oh, yeah. who is a medieval scholar and so I messaged her like uh give me sources that aren't hard to read thank <laughs> you so she and some of her her friends who are also medieval scholars gave me some good sourcing that I uh one of I think my primary source is this essay by Ryan Harper from the Camelot project so which was like just very cursory like background of specifically Gawain and that was super helpful then also this comic by uh I believe Emily Cheeseman is this it's this comic version of the legend and I loved it it took me not super it took me like half hour to read maybe but it's such a cute retelling of the story and like I highly recommend checking that out if before you watch the movie if you can I'll put links in the description but 
So basically, so Gawain, so okay, obviously we all know there's King Arthur. He's got his Knights of the Round Table. He's the king of, of the Britons. I was just, I just think of Monty Python. <laughs> Graham Chapman's king of the Britons. Uh, he's got his round table with all his knights. And I'm just going to keep alternating between Gawain and Gawain. Don't yell at me for pronouncing it wrong because apparently no one knows how to pronounce it. Yeah, in the movie, I swear I heard Gawain. There's a few different. Everyone's putting their own They're spin throwing on R's it, yeah. in there. I don't know. It sounds weird. It's, yeah. Yeah, we're making it sound real Welsh in that movie, I think. I, I just want to go with. Like Gawain's world. Yeah, Gawain's world. Way Gawain's <laughs> world. Top ten. Babes of all he would also do babes of all time. <laughs> I'm not even gonna change that. Um so <laughs> Gawain is usually Arthur's nephew. Um, I would say like like most of the time. Cause like again, these characters are super malleable and people change them, but he's usually Arthur's nephew. Um, his parents change. Like, it's not consistent, like, who his parents are in relation to Arthur. Uh, in the film, The Green Knight, his mother is Morgan Le Fay, who is, like, this... She's a sorceress witch. She's not, like, always evil, but she I wouldn't say she's, like, a good character. I never got super into either Arthurian stuff or Greek stuff, like, Greek gods. Well, because there's no canon. There's it's, no canon. Yeah. And my, and my brain, especially when I was young, was, like, I need facts and, like, regimented, this is what this is. Sure, And when you yeah. read two different stories and you get two different uh, just basic facts about a character, my brain was like, nah, I'm not doing this. Yeah, I. It's weird because I was kind of drawn to the like. There's different versions of these things. Like mm -hmm. I loved Greek myth. I feel like every kid went through a Greek mythology. Yeah, I tried things. and then was confronted with that and was like, no. It's hard. yeah. I <laughs> I took a Norse mythology course in college and that was. It, it's hard to study because it's just like everyone's ideas of who these people are are so different. By the way, any D&D &D and D listeners out there, I didn't know this until literally we were preparing to watch this movie. <laughs> Gressel based. The villain in our, that's our D&D &D, uh, podcast that we're on. Uh, the villain yeah. there, Morgan. Morgan, yeah. He's based on Morgan Le Fay. <laughs> yeah. I had no fucking idea. I don't know why, like, never, I just never made the connection before. I was but... like, wait, a witchy sister who pops up from time to time. I yeah. think that's where he was drawn from. Yeah. Confirmed, yes. So does Gawain become king in... I don't know. Like, I don't, again, like, I really don't know a ton about Arthurian legend like i really don't i honestly don't think i could answer that for okay. you um even in this essay i read they didn't elaborate on that so i don't know but I, he is in line and he's basically the most important like male relative of arthur and because like he's because he's really important like succession wise and also because he's not technically a prince he is a weird character because he kind of has this freedom to just do, like, whatever because he has both the, like, the power, like, the prestige and also has, like, no ties to, like, being responsible for anything because he's technically not the, like, direct heir to the throne. Um, so he's kind of this weird thing for authors to play with because he can just be, he can do whatever. Like, this, this essay calls him and Arthurian everyman, which is kind of interesting. So he's like kind of a draw for a lot of writers, apparently. And I think what the movie does really well is establish that trait and situation that Gawain is in within the first five, 10 minutes. I mean, we get to the inciting incident pretty quickly in this, the whole uh, Christmas I'm... game with the Green Knight. Yeah. But prior to that, 
we just get like a couple of scenes with Gawain and it immediately establishes it's so good yeah that he's like kind of a fuck off like a layabout yeah he just gets drunk sleeps in uh, has a, a lover named Essel, who's like Essel. A, clearly a commoner. Yeah. Uh, she's not, like, she's wearing, like, rags and stuff. Uh, and, like, his mom is like, oh, you should do something with yourself. Something, you know, yeah, you get a sense of who he is. He's, like, uh, he's not a knight in this version, which is interesting. In the story I read, he already was a knight of the mm-hmm. round table. He's not a knight. Yeah, he's young. He's kind of... He just kind of fucks off, does what he wants. He, like, lies and says he's going to church, and he doesn't. And that's something where in this essay they talk about Gawain and how his character ranges. Like, sometimes he's super virtuous, and other times he's, like, almost thuggish. Like, he's such – he varies so much. But, like, the one thing that I think ends up being consistent about him is he's superhuman. He's, like, the most human out of all the knights. Like, the most relatable, even. Has the most, like, human – flaws and mm-hmm. ends up being relatable because of that he's like very i don't think he's ever like a villain he like ends up even if he's a fuck up he redeems himself and he kind of goes on like a journey of yeah learning to be a knight and yeah that's what he does here i like that we get kind of a fuck up going it's super interesting um apparently i think david lowry said that he based a lot of his character and his relationship to his mother Morgan, unlike his real life relationship with his mom and being kind of a fuck up who like won't move out of the house and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I, I'm not familiar with David Lowry's other work. He uh, did the Peach Dragon, Dragon remake. remake. Yeah. yeah, which I never saw. Uh, we should we should give it. I heard it's good. Like I heard it's it's a good remake. But I know how much we love the original in this house. The original. That's right. But like, I feel like he. And granted, I know the remake is totally different. It's, mm-hmm. like, barely... Like, the only thing it has in common with the original is there's a green dragon in it yeah. named Elliot, I yeah, think. There's no, I don't think there's any Goggins or... No, but that's what I'm saying is, like, he could do, like, probably real good with the Goggins. Like, just dirty weirdos. <laughs> is that their name, the Goggins? I don't know. Was you, that's what you just said, that. <laughs> the the Goggins, I think, maybe. Something like that. I guess, like, the last thing about the story, too, which I think is wild, is, like, the only copy of it that we have like that's contemporary is just this parchment that like it's miraculous that it even survived like a fire and all kinds of other shit and you can read like a um the text it, the text of it's on wikipedia and it's you can't even understand it because it's, it's old english like mm-hmm. it that's it's basically a different language um but it's no one knows who wrote it it's just an anonymous like you know parchment basically this story is very popular um like one of the more popular arthurian ones i feel like it's one of the more feel-good ones too that's the thing is when you described to me the story like when you retold it to me at the end i was like that's a happy story in the end i like it a lot yeah because the movie's a little bit uh more ambiguous i think in the end very end it ends up being happy if you interpret it correctly yeah after like especially sitting with it for a day i 100 percent think it's a happy ending yeah all right i guess we'll get into it because this movie is long and like two hours 10 minutes yeah we'll probably be like all over the place with this because i think recounting this one just straight up in the order it happens well it's gonna sound like mad libs a little bit because it's so (laughs) weird and i'll probably just want to like you know kind of interpret it as we go along and talk about like what we read into it because there's so like this movie's dense and anyone who thinks that this movie is just all style and no substance is like i don't understand what you were watching (laughs) for me at least i think this movie has so much going on yeah i mean right off the bat 
this movie's beautiful. It's uh, it's so nice to look at throughout so the entire good. time. <laughs> we did uh, the streaming. We we rented it and streamed it. I wish we had seen it in theaters because I wish we'd seen it. It's in one. Theater. I mean, you know, streaming is really good nowadays. But when it gets to those blacks and dark yeah. tones, you you always see the banding, no matter how good your bandwidth is and your internet speed. And it's just like this movie was shot so beautifully. I wish we could have seen it in perfection. Yeah, we we meet Gawain. He wakes up in I think a brothel because there's naked ladies everywhere, and he's with Essel, who is his. I, I think she's also she's a sex worker oh alicia vikander yeah alicia vikander who definitely has fake teeth in while she's playing essel is that a little wig too i don't know if it's a wig or it probably is a wig yeah it's a, she's like, got short, short hair. hair yeah which i always i, I kind of like that detail because i feel like back then is it just to keep it cleaner i i or? think typically and i could be wrong here but i think historically it's either like they cut it to sell it Cause mm. yeah, um, cut it to sell it, or if you get sick, there's like certain illnesses. I think where like they just cut off your cause like get bugs and shit and mm. like lice. I I don't know. Good times. Yeah, basically just like either disease or you gotta sell it, mm. which is a marker of like she's a lower class, you know. But I think it's a very cute haircut. It is, yeah. Yeah. So we also meet Gawain's mom, who is Morgan Le Fay. This is never said during the movie either. It's kind of like. You would know if you looked on IMDb after. And the king says, you're my sister's son. So yeah. if you know that character. Yeah, if you're like, okay, it's Arthur's sister, and also she's doing magic like yeah. pretty early on, you can kind of put two and two together. And is it, uh, uh, what's the actress's name? Is it Sarita Chowdhury? Yeah, that sounds right. Sarita. Yes, she was in Homeland. That's right, yeah. She was Saul's ex-wife. So, yeah, she's already up to some shady stuff. She's doing... Some magic. She's wearing green, so <laughs> I think we already kind of know. I think that they're super associated her and the Green Knight and all the magic going on here. In a lot of versions of the story, she is responsible for the ensuing events of the story. So well, it seems like that's the case because she skips out on the dinner that mm -hmm. night at the round table, and while uh, Arthur, I really like the scene between King Arthur and uh, Gawain where I Arthur's love like, this scene. I don't really know you, and I'm not saying that as like a reproachment. I'm saying it as regret. Yeah. That, like, I never got to know my my nephew. And he looks sickly. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming he's supposed to be near the end of his life. God, this guy, uh, fuck, I forget the actor's Sean name. Sean Harris. Sean Harris. He, because I know real life, he and um, Kate, Kate Dickey, is that yeah, her name? Kate Dickey. Kate Dickey. They're not old but they are made up to they look they look real sickly they look like how you would look if you were like 50 and <laughs> in medieval times we're like that's fucking old back then or yeah. like you're at least getting sick you know yeah they look like not great yeah very um, uh, uh pallid is that yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, sallow and just... Sallow, there you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he asks Gawain to tell him a story and Gawain's like, uh, I just imagine like mental flashback of just like brothel scenes and that's kind of it. <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't <laughs> yeah. have any stories. Maybe not the stories that are appropriate for a big Christmas dinner. And which Queen is... Kate Dickey's like, not yet. Yeah, not yet. I <laughs> love, uh, she is barely in this movie, but is like, she just is amazing. Yeah, and she is, of course, from Game of Thrones. Yes, Liza. And also totally. the witch. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, Liza. Fed a crow. 
Kate Dickey and Ralph Ineson back at it again mm-hmm. in this A24 movie. Yep. Yeah. No, she, I just, there's like her Guinevere. I just, both Guinevere and Arthur in this, I instantly get why everyone would like die for them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I really like King Arthur. He's so like soft-spoken and just, I don't know. Yeah. Seems real chill. And like this. Arthur's another character where like, depending on the story, he either is like this guy or he's just an idle kind of shitty king mm-hmm. where like, he had he was cool back in the day, but now he's lazy and gets everyone to do his shit for him. Also in this, and I don't think said by name, Merlin. Oh, because like Merlin when the is... Green Knight walks in, Arthur looks over to this fucking old guy with a beard, and he's got like Face tats, tats underneath his eyes. I'm and I'm like that guy's Merlin. That Merlin is so fucking cool looking in this. Yeah, he is, and he doesn't even talk, and nope. I love it. He's he looks like Rasputin. Yeah. I don't know. Like he and again, like Merlin in Arthurian stories. Like the Merlin when you think of like the sword and the stone, like yeah, the Disney, like that Merlin is like so far away from what Merlin in these stories was. Merlin was kind of a chaotic neutral, I feel like. Maybe <laughs> I'm wrong. People are gonna give me so much shit for this episode. But I feel like he really like rode the line a lot and he wasn't like a up like on the up and up always he mm-hmm. is kind of scary and this merlin is fucking cool looking. Yeah, yeah yeah he is i love him then in comes that boy <laughs> it's that boy it's the green knight he walks in me like this is after kind of a long sequence of we see witches it's it's Gawain's mom and these other witches, like, summoning something. We've got blindfolds. It's creepy. Looks like friggin' Black Star music video. It does. It does remind me of the Black Star music video. Yeah. And so in comes the Green Knight, and he is big and green. And <laughs> he makes loud noises when he walks. Yeah, and he whenever he moves his body around, it's very crackly. Mm-hmm. He's got his big bow of holly that he's carrying because it's crimpus. <laughs> and... I thought it was mistletoe. I thought I was looking for a kiss. I mean, maybe this. There's a lot of kissing in this movie. That's true. Everyone wants kisses in this one, so you're not wrong or like off. <laughs> um, I love that you just hear it's like all just sword noises. Like the captions should have just been like sword sounds. Oh, yeah, Everyone's unsheathing their swords. It's great. You know that they're all like not upset this guy showed up because this has to be just a very boring time to be around. Mm-hmm. And like. Arthurian stories, I feel like the shit everyone gets up to is just like, yeah, what else was there to do? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Well, that's the case with this stupid fucking game. Yeah. Like the Green Knight walks in and Arthur kind of like looks at Merlin and Merlin's like, yeah, just like uh, let him do his thing. And so the Green Knight steps up and it's Ralph Innocent with uh, mocap looking like a Groot or something. I thought shit. it was makeup. Is it? I think it's a combination. It's probably a combo. I think it's a combo. But of he's things. very, he's like a walking tree, pretty much. But he's got Ralph Innocent's awesome ass voice. And he's that talking voice, about, though. here, I got a game for y'all. I'm gonna. Chris, a friendly Christmas game. Yeah. Uh, you, One of you can s- c- strike me. Yeah. And then in a year, I'll hit you back. Yeah. Cool game, dude. It's boring to live in this time. And also, again, like, these stories, I think the hardest thing for someone who is, like, from our time, reading them, and this is why this adaptation is so cool, because as much as it modernizes some stuff, it leaves a lot of it, like, pretty just spot-on, like, accurate to these stories, where it's, like, 
why? You, do you know what I mean? Like the, <laughs> yeah. the things that are either fun or important or like I to like the characters in these stories to a modern audience seem like what, what just weird different value systems. it's just different man it's just a different time yeah and it's, just, it's like no in a game leave. like in a game like this is like you know when someone proposes something like this you're not like sounds dumb you're like oh i could use this as a chance to prove myself which is what gawain sees it as and yeah. it's like all right i'll do it yeah i'll and, it, and yeah it's very um frodo like volunteering to carry the ring and Gandalf being like, dude, are you sure about this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, except he doesn't have a sword, so Arthur gives him Excalibur to use. Yeah, man. Pretty cool. Dude, I love, we were watching it with the Grussels, and I feel like all four of us were like, whoa. Like, <laughs> he's giving him Excalibur. That's fucking crazy, man. I don't know why in my head, like, Excalibur, like, it's, it's magical to a point. I don't think, like, it's not a thing where, like, other people can't hold it. I don't know why I was like, yeah, is this like allowed? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then the Green Knight's like, he just kneels down and that really confuses Gawain. He's like, what the fuck's going on here? The acting in this scene, and I love that after the movie, both um, our friend Erica and I were like, this specific scene, we were like kind of blown away by Dev Patel. Have we said Dev Patel's name yet? Or was that the first time we did? I don't, I don't know, dude. I, I, that's I don't think we did. Really? Dev Patel plays Gawain. Yeah. He's fucking great. Which is weird. I, maybe it's just such like a Gawain is like a real person to me in this. He's so fucking, Dev Patel is so good in this. Yeah, I guess we just assumed that you knew that. Yeah, Um. <laughs> especially this scene in his acting where just the confusion of like, everyone's watching him and this green knight is just kneeling down like with his head tilted, like go for it, like just chop off my fucking, and it's like, you know, like what am I? It, it, I, I imagine he almost feels humiliated. Like this is stupid. He yeah. probably is thinking like this is really fucking dumb. Well, it's also a thing. Like I said, how we very clearly understand the situation and who Gawain is. He is this. Uh, he's not a knight. He has no tales of honor to tell, and he's in this room with a bunch of knights. Yeah, because Arthur of the even table. is like, do you know who all these men are? And, and Gawain's like, legends. Yeah, you know? so he's standing around and he just volunteered to do something that could bring him honor. And he's thinking it's gonna be a fight. Yeah. Which is like, this will be sick. Like I can be in this cool sword fight in front of all these cool guys and like- And then this great. guy just kneels down and he's just looking around like, what the fuck am I supposed to yeah, do Yeah, right like now? what kind of test is this? Is Am I being pranked? Which like kind of- So Gawain just decides, well, I said I would do it, so here I go. And he yeah. just decapitates his head off. My favorite, and this is like different versions of the story. The version I read had Arthur when when the Green Knight poses this challenge, and the challenge was specifically like, you get to just hit me with my axe, and you get to keep my axe as a prize, which is also the terms in this. The mm -hmm. Gwen gets to keep the axe. He doesn't even use it for anything. No, he it's just cool. kind of wrapped it up for the whole year. <laughs> I think it's kind of neat. I would have used it. He set that on the ground and grass started growing around it. You could, yeah. we could use that. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. But in the version I read, Arthur takes Gawain aside and is like, dude, if you just chop off his head with his ax, you're not gonna have to worry about the return, you know, mm. a year later. Like he'll be, he'll just be dead. Like there's a loophole, use it. And so he chops off his head and obviously that doesn't go the way they think it's gonna go. Yeah, cause Green Knight picks up his head and is like, 
one year hence. <laughs> oh my god. The, the cut there's an edit in this that is so funny. It reminded me of that Simpsons episode with the street cleaner. Yeah. Where he like runs over Bart's bike and then immediately goes into the subway and is laughing maniacally the entire day. It's just same vibes. Um yeah, Guinevere faints, and it's all, everything's just all green and scary. And just jumps forward a year. Yeah, we get like a SpongeBob, like yeah, one like, year later. It's like one too short of a year later. Too short of a <laughs> yes. year later, yeah. There's, I like the, because when I was reading kind of analyses of the original story, one of the big themes is just time and like the passage of time, and it's not even like, specifically like time leading up to death but just the feeling of time passing in like seasons and stuff so i love that in this little puppet show there's like the wheel with the seasons and it's it's there's so much care put into this it's wild like just so many just doing my research beforehand just so many of the different takes on the story are so present here that it's like it's such it's so lovingly done and is like so considerate of like all these different readings of this story. Like the one, like the too short of a year later is just like like the, the panic of just time passing and mm-hmm. you can't do anything about it and the dread leading up to this, this other Christmas. Especially because he doesn't seem to have done anything in the year, just continued to drink and sleep around and then it's like oh christmas time again yeah i i I, wonder if that year is just him thinking like i'm just gonna get my head chopped off in a year like why would i bother that is one thing that i do wish the movie conveyed better when you told me the story i got the feeling that a lot of the story was him dreading this certainty of death that he would have to face and then when he rides out him going to find the green knight was him going to his own death and i don't think the movie conveyed enough of that That, sure just the choice of like that that like him realizing i am riding to my death this really sucks well the i think the reason the movie does this differently is because remember he gets the girdle before he leaves so his mother and the other witches make him this green girdle, which is a in like medieval clothing. If you imagine like a medieval lady, she has like the kind of like straight up and down dress and that thing around her waist where it like goes down in the front, that's a, a girdle. Mm-hmm. And they put like, it's like magic and they're like, this will protect you from anything. So he rides out with this girdle and is like, sweet. He, I don't, he's, I don't think he's thinking at that point he's gonna die i think he feels very protected by this magic and meanwhile in the original story he doesn't get that girdle until he stays at the lord and lady's castle which is much later in the movie uh the one shot that did convey to me the feeling of oh shit how did it already become this time is when he sees the the first snowflake yeah. fall, and it's like he sees that and it's like oh i know that winter is here Christmas is almost here. It's time for me to do this. And at first, he's he doesn't think he really has to. And Arthur's like, nope, you said you did. So you've got yeah, it. I, now that you mention it, yeah, I do think a lot of this year leading up to it was maybe him thinking, like, no one's expecting me to go, right? Yeah, or trying to put that in the back of his mind, just drink Not away. even think about yeah. it, yeah. But nope, he's got to go. And Arthur's like, no, man, like, I want, is it wrong to want greatness for you? And even, uh, 
his mother says, don't waste this, that she gives him the girdle. She does say so that, yeah. I feel like everyone's in on this shit a little it bit. It almost seems like everyone's like, uh, the, it seems like the town got together one night after he passed out and was like, listen, Gwen's got potential, but that guy's just fucking around. Yeah, we all agree. Great guy. Great guy. But like, <laughs> but he, we need a good kick a in the kick, ass. Yeah, he is going to say he needs a kick in the ass. So exactly. like, let's all get together and send him out on this thing. Yeah. And then it co- time comes and he's like, I don't really have to do that. I was like, no, no, you got yeah. to, man. I do think the sense <laughs> of him maybe realizing like, oh, fuck, this might not end great, is that really long shot of him riding away from Camelot. Love that shot, yeah. Fuck, that shot's so good with the kids yelling after him in the background and then there's like a shepherd that crosses and, mm-hmm. and he kind of looks behind him and realizes like... This, yeah. And like that shot, and which is I, I think something that maybe doesn't get conveyed often, at least not in like King Arthur adaptations I've seen, is just how like weird and empty and scary England would have been. Yeah, or the, the like, just the world, the in world, general. Yeah. Yeah. the city, which prior to that we had been inside of, and it seemed lively. Uh, but as you leave it, you see it's just this Nothing. walled-in place surrounded by empty fields. Yeah, and that's it. Well, it's like no wonder they all believed in like creatures and magic, and because like it'd be scary to just go wandering around out there. Your mind would go insane making up like what's out there. <laughs> Hey, want to talk to you about our first sponsor this week, Mac Weldon. I have James here with me to hey, talk about Mac Weldon. Talk about Big Mac Weldon. Oh my God, my microphone. It's not attuned to my voice. No, it's not. I'll stand back further. It's attuned to my voice. Which Big is- Mac Weldon. <laughs> Mac Weldon, yep. men's undies. It's it's men's clothes, and I have a bunch. I'm honey. I'm literally wearing a pair of Mac Weldon underwear right oh, now. Oh yeah, he he is pulling down his pants <laughs> to show me his underwear. Well, don't make it sound profane. <laughs> no, it's I'm just showing you the the wonderful knit and uh, tight fit, but not too tight. It's real comfortable. Here's the thing with Mac Weldon. I've ordered from them a couple of times, and I trust Mac Weldon so much. I get them for all the stuff I wear around my nether regions. So I got a bunch of underwear from Mack Weldon and my swimsuit is from Mack Weldon. I think the swimsuits are really cute. They are. They're finally like, uh, I finally got to replace my swimsuit from like 15 years ago. Baggy, nasty, elastic. Mack Weldon is real nice, uh, a real nice fit and fun designs and patterns. It's not just like a blank brown color. I love it, man. So yeah, check out their new daily wear system also. They have this new line of clothes that they all are made to kind of work together with performance fabrics. They all look cohesive, so you're not buying something and like, great, I only have like two things I can wear this with. Well, if you want to, if you want to buy some time this summer with the Mack Weldon Daily Wear System, for 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash deadmeat and enter promo code deadmeat. One more time, that is MacWeldon.com slash deadmeat, promo code deadmeat for 20% off. Mack Weldon, radically efficient wardrobing. Big Mack Weldon! Our other sponsor this week is BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It is more affordable than in-person therapy so you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. I use BetterHelp. I personally find it super useful because life is just 
you know, full of things that are going to be stressful. It doesn't really matter who you are, what you do, things are, are going to come up. And even weeks where I'm doing pretty okay and maybe don't feel like I need to talk to someone, it still is nice to do a weekly check-in with someone. I think it's super healthy. Just kind of talk about what's going on with someone who's just there to listen to you. So if you want to see if BetterHelp is for you, we're sponsored by BetterHelp. So Dead Meat Podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash deadmeat. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash dead meat um so yeah as he's riding along we get our our first little like kind of vignette which is called a kindness and he finds a guy is this the scavenger yeah fucking we love, love the, the scavenger dude yeah what a little shit extreme um he looks like a cousin of Connor O'Malley. He's like, they could be related. He's got like Ramsey energy because when he we does first have meet Ramsey, Ramsey energy, yeah. it, it, he yes. like disguises himself as as a friendly guy. Yep. and that's what the scavenger kind of does as he's running alongside he Gawain feels, on the horse. I love this guy. He's like speaking of Renaissance fairs. He's like the guy who would be like in character at a Renaissance fair who's just there to like piss you off and is like <laughs> extremely clever about it. Yeah, no matter what comeback you have for this weird dude he's like ready for you that's like the kind of guy i feel like this is but yeah he's he's kind of looking for um spoils on this giant battlefield and he says yeah i two my brothers go off to battle they both probably died and so i don't know i'm just gonna look for stuff that's here and i would have lasted longer than all these guys i would have seen the I king and i, I would have rock bottomed arrow. king arthur <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's great. I love him. And and Gwen's like, we're not, you're not, we're not burying any of these guys. And this is kind of a a first very like explicit mention of nature and just nature's relationship with death, where he's like, no, nature will do its job. You know, nature will take them. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's like that's just all over this movie. Just like no matter what, humans will always be trumped by nature in the yeah. end. And yeah. Yeah, so. scavenger asks. Uh, he gives some directions on how to get to the green chapel that Gawain's looking for. Yeah, and then, then like, Gawain's like, "Thanks, bye." He's like, "What? What? My directions ain't worth shit. What? What? Give me some coins, man." It's very like he's like Elmo in Times Square. Like you have to give him a tip if take pictures, or else maybe they'll get mad. Do you know what I'm talking like those characters in Times Square or yeah, like on I Hollywood just didn't Boulevard? Elmo as your. I don't know. I just thought of example. Elmo first, but like you know. <laughs> You got it. They work for tips. Like, you know, they'll take fun little pictures with you, but it's like, he'll give you yeah, directions. Yeah, what? My picture's but... not worth anything? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. You don't like my SpongeBob costume? No, I, I said thank you. <laughs> yeah. Gawain then just flips him a coin, which is mm-hmm. like almost worse. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And so then as Gawain gets into the forest, oops, he, they're it's bandits. Yeah, it's a trap. And we've got our... our weird guy back with his two other bandit friends and Gawain denies that he's a knight and which he's technically not um (laughs) yeah they tie him up and steal his axe and horse they and specifically the girdle they take the the girdle away from him Yeah. yeah and so Gawain is freaking out because in his head it's like fuck this is my safety blanket it really it really is like his baby blanket this whole movie kind of and mm-hmm. they also imagery that i really like they take his shield which has a kind of like fresco or like a painting of the uh 
of the baby Jesus and Virgin Mary and they stomp on it and it like splits in half, which is like, I I thought of him and his mom and like the director said, David Lowry, like his relationship with his mom and like kind of failure to launch shit where it was like, I needed to get that push to be my own person. And Mm. that felt very personal kind of just the, you know, he's out in the world now, like severing that connection. And, and also just the like reads on the green Knight in general, where a lot of scholars believe that the green Knight is an allegory for the Christianity versus paganism. Like, paganism's all about nature, and Mm -hmm. the Green Knight is, like, just the most pagan-looking fucking guy. And, yeah, like, nature overtaking man. We have this shield out in the wild that's this image of Christianity getting stomped out in the middle of the woods, right? It's, yeah. So I think that's there, too, that kind of dynamic. Yeah, they leave him tied up, and there's a very cool circle pan that goes from him tied up and struggling, and then it goes all the way around, and it comes back, and it's a skeleton tied up. See, it's a horror movie. He's spooky (laughs) skeleton. And then it goes back around the other way, and just kidding, he's still alive. I like to think that that's his... I think he just was thinking... Envisioning that, and that's his motivation to get out of there, so he wriggles his way to his sword and cuts himself free. Yeah, I think it was a moment of him realizing, like, I could just give up and lay here and let nature run its course yep, and die yeah. here and i just become one with the forest and mm. no and then yeah he cuts himself out of his his restraints and um by the way that that like kind of spinning camera movement there's like a jitter effect going on in it did you notice that where it kind of it jitters it, it's very unsettling that. it happens twice i think i did see some people on twitter saying this movie made them feel motion sick and i'm wondering if huh. it's that shot because I don't really get motion sick watching stuff, but that sequence, I was like, I could see how this would be really annoying to watch if you get sick watching. Mm-hmm. Like if, if stuff on screen gets to you. So I guess fair warning. It's not that bad, but just kind of a weird effect. Yeah, so yeah, the bandits have taken all this shit. They take the Green Knight's axe and are just doing stunts with it. Dude, the scavenger <laughs> almost hits his little Dude, bandit they're buddy. Like, they're like, this is, I'm bandit number two and this is jackass kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. They're having a good time. They run away. They take the horse too. Mm-hmm. Gringolet, I think, is the horse's name. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's a meeting with Saint Winifred. Yeah. So now we we go to our next vignette where Gawain's been walking through the woods and he finds this house that, from what he can tell, is empty. Very abandoned. The food crumbles in his hands. Yeah. It just it looks gross. So he goes upstairs and hops in the bed. Yeah. And it's just right for him. Takes a little snooze. Yeah. But then he wakes up and oops, there's a lady there. Yep. And she is talking to him and all of a sudden she moves forward and she like just kind of glides forward it's really it's very creepy cool, yeah yeah she's definitely on one of those awesome ass hoverboards and that I, influencers had in 2016 dude, that'd be, i wonder if she was just Maybe. on a hoverboard yeah because her feet please, are out of camera if you so. worked on the green night and you us. somehow have a picture of this and if it is a hoverboard, a hoverboard give me that picture i need it <laughs> i want that picture and i'll go in like the hall of fame next to the like set pictures from marie antoinette where it's Kirsten Dunst and Jason Schwartzman like on an Apple like laptop oh. <laughs> <laughs> when listening to iPods. <laughs> she tells him like, all right, this lake outside, my head is in there. Can you go get it? And he's like, you have a head. And she's like, no, but I don't really. So what <laughs> happened was I live in this house and this guy showed up and wanted to lay with me. And I said, no. And they came back later and he chopped off my head. 
And now it's in the spring. And now it's in the, yeah. So he, he dives down to go get it. First, he asks for payment, though. And she's like, dude, <laughs> I just told you this, like, really fucked up story. And you're going to ask for payment. Why would you? She says, why would you ask that? Yeah, and I think it's very funny. why would you even funny. ask that? <laughs> so he dives in there in this very cool sequence, which was one where I was like, Wish we saw this in a theater. Oh, yeah. It's very dark. <laughs> it's very dark, but the visuals are cool. The water, like the lighting in the water turns like red, and it's creepy, and he grabs the skull. Grabs that skull pretty forcefully. He's like crane games, that skull Yeah, dude. Water. Maybe a little bit more gingerly with the skull that's been resting underwater for who knows how long. Yeah. So he brings, he comes back up out of the water. She's gone. Mm-hmm. Then when he goes back in the house, he sees... I was laying in bed with a skeleton the whole time. So yep, that's, skelly in the bed. Yeah, headless skelly, and he puts the head back, but not before it turns into, like, a real head for a little bit. And she says something about how the the green... She says, the green knight is someone you know, and oh, yeah. very cryptically. And then, yeah, so he puts the, the head back on the, the skelly. Um, he does okay with that quest. He shouldn't have asked for payment. But he, he did, did go get the head. And I so. guess in reward, he gets his, the axe back. He gets, yeah, the, the axe, axe shows back up. Yeah, so he gets Kinda like weird. a B minus for that one. I feel like he tried. Um, <laughs> the next one, we got a title that just has an interlude. There's maybe dinosaur bones in the background. We couldn't tell. Yeah, is this when he eats a mushroom? Yeah, this is when he has. He's a bunch of giants. He does the Beavis and Butthead Do America <laughs> peyote desert trip where he just is eating stuff that Don't he finds. Random mushrooms, Don't just dude. eat random shrooms or oh, cactuses. Oh, by now he's friends with the fox. Yes, that's right. There's this little fox that is following him. And at first he throws rocks at it and is like, Don't be my friend, which I guess if you're in one of these stories, like maybe I could, I could understand that. Sometimes boxes are little tricksters, you know, they're clever and Yeah, cunning. So yeah, next day he gets up, keeps walking, and there's giants. Yeah, big naked ladies. This sequence was so cool. Uh yeah. Giant women. Giant, giant woman. <laughs> um Oh my god, I hope we hate movies have seen this. There's so many giant women in this. Like there's a whole parade of them. Yeah, because I think Steve I saw a tweet from Steve saying, I'm glad that they're letting Ralph Ennison uh, do movies without makeup now. Just letting him be himself. Oh, okay. So I think, yeah, he did see Green Knight. But Ralph Ennison. Implying that that's how Ralph Ennison Oh, was. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he might as well. Like, I wouldn't be shocked at all if, like, every other time he's had people makeup on. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so you just see this giant arm reach over a mountain. Like, I just wasn't That's expecting really cool. it. It's yeah, so cool. Like, because you know that this world's magical, but you're just not expecting that. Mm-hmm. And it's very cool. Um, he, they're all these naked ladies. I was laughing reading an interview with David Lowry because he was talking about filming that part. He was like, it was just really weird because it's just all these naked women and like on like a green screen. And I'm just like, okay, just walk around kind of slow. Like, <laughs> um, so he he yells up at them and is like, yo, can I hitch a ride? The way he says it, it sounds so weird. It sounds like a different language. May a weary traveler hitch a ride on your yeah, shoulder like traver- or something like tra- that. He says, may a weary traveler traverse the valley on your shoulders yeah, or something. Yeah, but the way he says it, I'm glad we had captions on because the way he says it, I was Very like, what? Very sing-songy, yeah. Yeah, and then the giant's like, Okay. The giant's like, okay, and it goes to reach, and Gawain kind of flinches, and the fox growls at it. Yeah, and the giant don't like that. And at first, I wasn't sure what to make of this, but I guess after the movie ended and I had the context of everything, I feel like that scene is just a very literal, like, the fox kind of as a guide, understanding that 
literally, and someone on, I can't take credit for this, I saw this comment on Reddit and I thought it was very smart, that him hitching a ride would literally be standing on the shoulders of giants. This mm-hmm. is the easy way to get where he's going. He has to like make the journey, you know? Just, yeah, you can't, like standing on the, the shoulders of other men kind of thing is mm-hmm. not what he is gonna leave him fulfilled in the end, so. And now he finally finds a castle. We're back to the story that I'm familiar with, because all yeah. these little vignettes are not you did not relay them I, to me when you I told think me the story. these. I'm not sure if these are like totally invented or, or if maybe they're just in different versions of borrowed it. Borrowed, yeah, or like or borrowed from other, from other tales, stories. Yeah. I don't know, but in any case, now we are like this is we're back in like the original story. We're at this castle where Joel Edgerton yeah. is in the building. We love Joel Edgerton, dude. I don't know why. Like, why are we so upset? Like, I think just I think every the gift oh, the did gift. a lot for us. The gift. Um, is one of the craziest and then, and then he's, you know, he's Uncle Owen in the prequels. There's like, there's been some other stuff that he's been into where I'm like, man, I just, I like everything he's in. Yeah, I really think The Gift did a lot. He's so, I love him. He's great. Yeah. He's he's very warm in this one, which I, I love. He, I mm-hmm. just, you know. I just like his face. I know, I just like his face too. He would be a good Henry VIII in something, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he would be able to play the like, warm Henry VIII that is like you can't help but like him like the charisma and also the like really scary impatient man that would throw you in prison and or chop your head off um yeah the lady of the castle is also Alicia Vikander Mm -hmm. different character but played by the same actress gotta say that the stuff with the lord and the lady this was when I start to get uh, a little bit bored with the movie is this like this was a eh for you yeah this uh what would this be like act two b maybe maybe three yeah yeah i was just like eh. i think maybe compared to everything else if i had to pick a segment i guess this it's because everything else was so fantastical and now he's just hanging out with these like this lord and lady who are like the dialogue's good and the acting's good but like i was just watching naked giants yeah now we're just in a castle i guess but the castle itself is very weird i even wrote like this castle feels instantly weird it feels out of time because and my my knowledge here might be not right but the building itself doesn't look medieval to me the Mm. like color of the walls and there's like molding everywhere which i feel like is not medieval like there's it's, it's weird and we even have the lady of the castle doing essentially like a very old school photograph. She she yeah, builds a camera, camera obscura, obscura and basically makes like a not like a tin type, but like a daguerreotype, right? Is that what that is? Where it's like this she like makes a pinhole camera and and essentially takes a photo of Gawain. So like there's something weird just that weird out of timeness. Yeah, cuz he calls it a queer painting. Yeah. yeah. And I I mean I guess that relates to this whole story dealing with time and the passage of time so i guess it makes sense that this castle which is like so important to the story would be this weird space where time doesn't feel like it exists and he even is asked like spend time here you know you we know where the green chapel is you could hang out here till christmas it's december 21st just chill like just literally spend time here and so he does he hangs out there for like a couple days um, There's a lady there, an older lady with uh, she's bandage bl- wrapped around her eyes, just like his mom was in the witch ceremony. Yeah, in some versions of the story, 
this woman is present and it is Morgan, like magic. Oh, okay. Yeah. That um, makes sense then. Yeah. So, yeah, this this old blind woman is here, or at least old blindfolded woman. And then Joel Edgerton comes back and I love it. He goes, Gawain, look! Like, literally, just, he's so happy. I got you this! He's just so, like, he came back from his hunt and he's so sweet and, like, just excited that he got stuff for his new friend. And that night he goes, Ooh, I have uh, an idea. Let's let's play a game. Everyone's playing games in this story. Game. Again, yeah, just game. Yeah, They're I'll bored. go hunt and I'll give you what I hunt, and you just kind of look around the house and you give me what you find. Yeah, and cool game. Even Gawain is like, what? Like that sounds <laughs> weird. Again, it's funny that Gawain. I like that they have him being the character who is like, everyone else thinks this is weird, right? Like the knights <laughs> kneeling down, and he's like. I don't understand what this game is supposed to be. And same here, he's like, but Joel Edgerton, you live here. Why would I, what would be fun about you giving me stuff you find on the hunt and I just give you stuff you already own, question yeah. mark? And then Joel Edgerton's like, fuck my wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, and by the way, the, the initial thing he brings back for him is a deer. Mm -hmm. And that is something where in some versions of the story, this is something that like people analyze. The first night he's in, he stays in the castle for three nights. The first night, um, the Lord brings him a deer. The second night he brings him a boar, and the third night he brings him the fox. Mm. And it's kind of like it relates to just the the struggle that Gawain has with the lady. She comes on to him, and Gawain is like, no, and and also the intensity of her advances every night so the first night is like a pretty easy she like he's able to can turn her down pretty easily so that's like the deer is like you know the second night is the boar which is like she's being a little bit more aggressive and he has to be a bit more cunning and aggressive to like be like no you're this is not right um and the third night is he gets the fox and the fox is he has to be a bit more clever in terms of how he gets out of this kind of seduction because what it is, and this is this is like nightly code and shit, which is stuff that for like a modern audience is maybe weird. Um, but you have like nightly code where he has to uphold like chivalric values of a knight, which would include don't fuck the wife of the Lord's castle that you're staying at. Um, but also there's, he has to, as a knight, he, he is beholden to this ideal of courtly love, which is what the women of the era are like beholden to in practice. And courtly love and chivalry kind of collide here when she's like, she demands like a kiss and more. And a knight can't deny a damsel. But in this instance, it that conflicts with um, but I also can't fuck this guy's wife. So like, what do I do? And Gawain has to kind of tiptoe this really fine line in terms of like, how do I get out of this? And he essentially is able to navigate his way out of in the story by being like, listen, I'm not gonna, she, she initially offers him a ring and she's like, he's like, okay, I'm not taking your ring cause I'm gonna have to give it to your husband. And then it's awkward. And then she says, well, at least take this girdle. That's when she gives him the girdle. And she says, it'll protect you from anything. And then he kind of stops and is like, okay, I could use that. But he hides it and doesn't show it to the Lord. So he kind of is like, he's a little clever here and sneaky. And that's why the fox mm. is very tied to Gawain. There's even like a picture in the movie later. There's like above his bed, there's like that image of the fox, fox with, with a, like per a person's head. Yeah. yeah. So 
they're, they're super interlinked. Yeah, and I think knowing the story ahead of time, which I do think was valuable before watching this movie, but I do think it's pro probably the reason why this part of the movie uh, felt off to me because it's I was different. expecting the structure of the story yeah. where you told me it was like a, a tale in three beats mm -hmm. with like, oh, he he uh, gives her a kiss or she gives him a kiss and then when the when the Lord's like, all right, what'd you find around the house? Gives him a kiss. And Gawain yeah. gives him a kiss. And he's like, oh, cool. And then that happens a, another two times. Yeah. And that wasn't the case in the movie. No, it doesn't, um, which I think is fine because I, I think by this point, they're doing so much other stuff with the story. I think they condensed this sure. part of it, yeah. which it's fine. It works for they like- They still kiss. Yeah. The guy's kiss. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they have, so after this, the, the same night that he proposes the exchange in the game, there's this conversation kind of like around the fire where they're talking about like nature versus. Oh, this is like her monologue. Yeah, she do, she's monologuing. Yeah. Um, this was one of those speeches where like a minute in, I was like, oh, this is a speech. This is like a yeah, thematic yeah. thing. We're doing you know, it starts here, and I'm yeah. like kind of paying attention and then she's still talking after 60 seconds i'm like oh no this is an important thing. yeah i like this whole scene is great it's i cool, i was yeah. scribbling furiously in my notebook because joel edgerton starts off by talking about how home is it's it's your four walls that are safe from nature and that reminds me we were talking about the image of camelot mm -hmm. and and just how especially back then nature is scary as fuck you know just the wider world is scary and the the you know the man-made structure of a home versus everything outside. And um, it, it's it's like nature. And he specifically says it's protection against things that don't make sense. Mm. They also kind of talk about how green represents both life and death. It's it's plants and, and growth, but it's also rot, mold, and yeah. And, and moss and how Alicia Vikander points out that like we, we use it to our ends. Like we humans desire to harness it and we, we cultivate it but we also destroy it like you know if, if moss comes up through the cobblestones we get rid of it and as soon as it breaches our four walls we destroy it and you know the color red how like the red always succumbs to green like blood versus you know blood or passion or just like life you know red's very lively will always be trumped by green i, I like this whole monologue a lot mm -hmm. the next morning the lady comes to his room, and I don't know, I feel like at this point, A24 is like, we need jizz in our movie. <laughs> jizz and, and everything. What else has jizz? The lighthouse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's goopy. Yeah, that's a goopy movie. This is a very <laughs> goopy movie. <laughs> a goopy movie. <laughs> so the lady comes to his room. She's wearing the girdle, which if you remember, it was stolen by bandits. So how did they get it? I just feel like everything is magical in this world and they're all kind of in on it well, together. she says she made it. That's a lie. <laughs> um, she, she says she made it and she tells him, wear it and you won't be struck down. She's like, you want this girdle? You want to tell me you want this girdle. Yeah, tell me tell you me want, want it. it. Tell I me want it. the girdle. And it's... I want the girdle. Yeah. And then it's a... Ugh. He jizzes all it's over the girdle. He, the it's girdle, a cum dude. girdle now. Yeah. Interestingly, earlier, he like couldn't get it up for Essel. Yeah. And now he can get it up that. for the cum girdle. <laughs> I, mean, I think it's for the lady. I think it's just like... He wants oh, that girdle. That he needs the he needs the baby blanket, and that's why she says you're no knight because mm -hmm. 
He takes it and runs. Yeah, he needs his security blanket. Oh, the old lady was standing there the whole yeah, time. Yeah, also too. the blindfolded lady was there the whole time. And I was thinking about her and like what she kind of represents there. And just in general, that character. Because again, in like the stories, that character is often Morgan Le Fay. And I wonder, like, is she a witch? Because the witches, we see them blindfolded earlier in the movie while they're doing magic. Mm-hmm. And I also kind of wonder, one, she could be almost like a, like a, kind of eyes and ears of Morgan, Mm -hmm. you know? And also I think she kind of represents the like, the conundrum that comes up later when the fox tells Gawain, hey, if you just chicken out and go home, I won't tell anyone and like no one would know any better. Everyone would think you did the thing and you would be a hero. And I think this is a similar thing where he, you know, he, he fails this test. He succumbs to the lady and taking the girdle because he is not in that moment brave enough to go without it to face the green knight. Mm-hmm. And I think she kind of represents that feeling of, you know, she didn't see anything. So why is he so ashamed of what happened? And also even just being like naked right there. It's like, what is he, if she can't see anything, why would he feel shame? And I feel like it's the that same idea of, even if no one knows that you would still, he knows and he would still feel that shame. I think it's kind of like a mirror of that. When, as he's running away, he he grabs his ax and the girdle and (laughs) Edgerton's in the woods. You see he's shot and killed a boar, the second animal that's often in the stories. That's like the second night of the exchange is laying there dead, Mm -hmm. which I thought was like a nice touch. And then he's got the fox in a bag. Yes, and he says, well, I caught this little guy. And at first Gawain is like, I don't have anything. Joel Edgerton's like, feel like you've got something and it's almost a little scary at first because you're like what is he gonna go for here but he, he just leans in for like a really long kiss yeah and Gawain's like okay I'm gonna leave now <laughs> um doesn't surrender the girdle which was the whole point of the game mm-hmm. because it was something he received while he was at the castle and because I think the lord knows this he says well here's my winnings for the day I'm just going to let him go. I got this guy in a trap. I'm just going to let him go. Like, he doesn't give him to Gawain. He just mm-hmm. kind of dumps him out on the ground. And um, Little fox guy. The fox is so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. It, yeah, definitely all CGI, right? Yeah. It just is such a little Lucy. <laughs> Gawain rose to the Green Chapel, which is this kind of mossy, like, I don't know. Ruins? Yeah, it looks like ruins. There's yeah. just it's very green it's pretty cool. trees. It's pretty. The Green Knight is asleep. And I think what happens here is he this is when Gawain, I think, realizes the Lord of the Castle wasn't lying at all about like this is exactly how far the chapel is. If you leave on this day, you'll make it there just in time for your challenge. But since Gawain fled and mm. left essentially a day early, he now has to just sit here all day because the Green Knight is very punctual and is going to, you know, I said this certain day, we're going to have our little fight this certain day. You're gonna, I'm sleeping and Gawain just kind of sits here. And there's this shot where it like it shows the Green Knight's face and it morphs a bunch of times and apparently it's it morphs digitally into Joel Edgerton's face and it also morphs through like a bunch of the other characters. Hmm. It's super subtle. They I guess Yeah, I didn't notice that. David Lowry said they played with it a bunch in post and he wanted it to be like barely noticeable. 
But I did notice something weird was going on. Well, it just... in the story, the Lord reveals that he's the Green Knight, right? Correct. The yeah. Lord is of the castle is the Green Knight, which is, again, why he knows he's lying about the girdle. Mm-hmm. He's very magical. When uh, Christmas does come, <laughs> the Green Knight basically wakes up and is like, Merry Christmas, time to chop off your head now. Um, and... He has Gawain kneel down, and Gawain is like, wait, that's it? Like, there's, I love how informal it feels. There's, like, no ceremony. There's no grand, like, and now, Gawain, you will kneel, and I will, it's very much like, okay, you're here. Like, get down. I'm going to chop your head off. And mm-hmm. that's the line of, of Gawain saying, wait, is that all there is? And It's like, what ought there be more or something like that? It just felt very, like, I mean, I guess the most obviously just the maybe suddenness or randomness of death or just how anticlimactic it is at the end of a life yeah or just the feeling of you know pursuing something your whole life and having this idea of like doing this thing would fulfill me and make me great and then realizing how empty it kind of is and just oh there what comes after this you know like there's not like there's there's not um much fulfillment to this this moment and yeah, Gawain flinches when the Green Knight swings his axe and he keeps flinching and the Green Knight's like, I didn't flinch back when you <laughs> chopped my head off. And <laughs> you should be right. You had a whole year to get your shit together. And Gawain says, like, it doesn't matter if it's a year or hundred, you'll never be ready, which I feel like is, a, again, just a very obvious, like, you're not, you're, no one's ready to die. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not like, it, it's hard to make peace with that. It doesn't matter how long you live for. And so then Gawain just books it. He runs. And I'm me having read the original story, I'm like, whoa, what are yeah. we doing? Yeah, I was like, this is not what Chelsea told me would happen. After after a few minutes, I realized what it was doing. And I also think maybe I realized that because we had pretty recently watched The Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which you're right, is the same kind of ending. But what's really cool about this and the Green Knight is that when he flees, like from the moment he flees the Green Knight, there's no dialogue. Yes, this whole it's sequence really is really cool. This I this ending sequence, I was riveted the whole time. I don't I, even know how long it goes on for. Maybe just know. like five minutes. But it feels like I mean, I think it feels long on purpose. Yeah. It's his entire life. Yeah, and we watch his life. It's yeah, we see he, he comes home and he he hooks back up with Essel. Uh the girdle stays on during sex. He's wearing it. (laughs) Yeah, the cum girdle stays on. (laughs) And he gets her pregnant, and she gives birth. He takes the baby and leaves leaves her with a sack of money. Yeah. Because she's a commoner. And I think I think this whole sequence is just his his future as he imagines it, having one, having lied about doing this this task or or fulfilling his end of this bargain, and two his life as he sees it where he's living the way he's kind of supposed to mm-hmm. you know like, like he being made king and yeah and Arthur. and doing all the right kingly things and you know so a kingly thing is not being with a commoner mm-hmm. and so uh, yeah i think the last dialogue we get is him running away being like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm so sorry i'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um yeah he gets knighted while arthur is just dying yeah. arthur and guinevere look like shit yeah. <laughs> um it, it all feels very empty like i i love the fact that they show him being knighted i i just had a moment realizing like just being knighted by this really frail arthur on his deathbed and just realizing how unimportant in 
the scheme of things being night. It's like, okay, Arthur's just gonna die. Like, no, it just, it all feels so stupid. Like, mm. I'm making you get out of your deathbed to do this weird, like, LARP with me, and then you're gonna get back in bed and just die. Like, what? what's the point of all of this? It's all so weird and silly, you know? Yeah. Um, and so Gawain inherits the throne, because again, Arthur does not have a rightful heir, like a son to inherit. He has a son with Essel, um, that he's raising to be his heir. Um, he gets killed in battle. Yeah, he sees that his son dies in battle. Dude, the aging they do on Dev Patel, he so ages, good. he's a silver fox by the <laughs> end of the sequence. He looks like, I don't know, he looks like he stepped out of time. I can't explain it. The like, makeup aging him is phenomenal. Yeah, and he also just looks like a historical figure. I don't mm -hmm. know, like he just looks so legit to me. And I'm, I'm, you know, again, like Arthurian fan, it's all fantasy. Like if anyone's weird about the race casting in this, I don't fucking care. Don't. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even it. think, honestly, I didn't think about it at all during this. And he looks the part, sorry. He looks <laughs> like, a, like a medieval king. His facial hair is cool. It's like this forked kind of like mustache yeah, beard. Yeah, real cool. He looks dope as fuck. Um, but people don't like him. They're throwing shit at him like it yeah, was Joffrey. He, yeah, he gets yeah, he gets <laughs> a little mud pooped, pie. Maybe, or is it mud, well, mud pie is poop. Yeah, I think it gets a little mud pie. Get a little mud pie thrown at him. He sees Essel in the crowd mm -hmm. um, of, of peasants. And then, yeah, there's war outside the castle. Basically, um, the castle falls the kingdom falls and in this last sequence we see him removing the girdle but he's like pulling it out from inside himself yeah it's weird it's so gross and as he pulls off the girdle his head in this vision falls it's off it's like that classic old tale with the the, the, the woman with the, scarf the ribbon yeah. yeah the ribbon and then we cut back and he's kneeling in front of the green knight and he when it cuts back i was like oh yeah gotcha it's <laughs> When it cuts back, he then, after having this fucking vision, is like, he, he takes off the girdle and mm -hmm. he goes, he says, finally says, I'm ready. And that's when the Green Knight kneels down and touches his face and is like, very well done. And it's so cute. And, um, and he just runs his finger along his neck and is like, now, off, with, off your with your head. With a little smirk. Yeah. I, and then the movie ends. It's a little ambiguous. Having read the original story, I think this was done in jest and is yeah, a kind of sweet, almost sure. fatherly mocking of him. The way he says it, for it's sure very, he's not going to cut off. No, head, it's very... Man. And also, like, what would the point have all been? Yeah. Yeah. It was a test. He passed. He, pa he had a whole bunch of tests throughout this journey. Some he got B-minuses on. Others he did a little better or worse on. But this one, the one that mattered yeah. most... He, he, you know, all the, the pop quizzes he did meh when it came to the final exam, he got yeah. a passing grade. And it's interesting thinking back, you know, after the end of the movie to stuff where you're like, I'm not sure what the significance was, but like, like uh, Winifred, mm -hmm. I, you know, with Gawain finally being like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to lose my head. In Winifred's story, she she lost her head defending her honor. She, Winifred, when it came down to it, was she was ready to die rather than, you know, give in to some guy who wants to sleep with her. And I think she's kind of like an example for him later on where I think he realizes like, no, this empty life and this, this false victory 
is not worth keeping my head for and therefore this is this is what I, I think will be worth like putting my body on the line for um which I think is like a neat little parallel between between those two yeah also um if you missed it there is a post credit scene yeah we just kind of let the the medieval text and i forget if there was music but yeah we just let it roll there's out a cool then... little credit sequence and i think this is kind of confirmation that he he lives and i think this is supposed to be his daughter maybe yeah it, this like and we know that like his life is i think different because this is like a different kid than we saw in you know compared to like the visions and stuff and we see this little girl pick up his crown and put it on and that's that's the end of yeah. the movie yeah i i really really loved this movie a lot there's i i just think there's so much to it i feel like i just talked for so long i tend to need a little bit of hand holding when it comes to certain movies and their interpretations and uh i always appreciate having something spoon-fed to me a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, this wasn't quite as opaque as, for instance, I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah. But, it, you know, it, this was one of those where, like, I'm watching and I'm like, I think I get the gist of it. And then when I'm told, I'm like, yeah, that was, that's about what I thought. Yeah. But it's nice to have those thoughts clarified and, and kind of uh, just, yeah, solidified. Yeah. And it's so cool because there's, there's so much else to read into this, too. Like, I don't think my interpretations of things are by far, like, you know the end all of what's going on here. I think there's so many layers. And again, I feel like that does owe a lot to the fact that the original story is so like over centuries has been interpreted so many different ways that then David Lowry is able to take this story with all of its meaning that has been assigned to it and put it all in a movie. Um, At the very least, it looks beautiful. God, it's so gorgeous. And it's pretty chill. Yeah. It's just two hours of like a gorgeous like adventure that you can just sit back and watch. This is like, this is just my, this is just my, my type of thing. That I love. <laughs> like I, I often struggle with like, like modern movies and their third acts. Cause often now I feel like a third act, it seems to be, it's either gotta be a giant fight or just some kind of big set piece or like an action sequence. And I just, it's why I can't with superhero movies. I get very bored. It's, it, I just don't like it. Um, the third act's just, I'm always like, I check out. I don't love it. And this movie is the opposite of that. We there For as much as maybe, and I bet this is why the audience response to this was like, what the fuck did I just watch? Because you go in and it's like, there's a lot of guys with swords <laughs> and we're not getting any sword fights really at all in this. And no, not there, it's not really action-y. It's... You know, the third act is this really big emotional resolution that I think hits so hard and I think is so beautifully done and is like really satisfying, but there's no big like climactic fight or anything. And I think that that's so wonderful. And you, it, you just don't see that that often. Mm -hmm. um, and I I don't know, I just, this movie just is a vibe. I, I just enjoyed it. It's 130 minutes. I, it, it all felt like I was into it the entire time, you know? Yeah. Just everything about it. So good. Definitely, like, I mean, it might just be my favorite of the year. I don't know how many movies I've even watched this year, though. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's that's the Green Knight. That's Green Knight. You, you, you liked it? I liked it, yeah. I can't wait to get it on 4K, mm -hmm. and we can watch it on Christmas. Yeah. Cause it, good Christmas. A friendly Christmas game. Just <laughs> normal shit. That's that. I'm not really sure what we're doing next week at all. Uh, 
isn't it a review of a certain movie? <gasps> That's right. Are we saying what it is? If you want. We got to watch it tonight or tomorrow because we got that screener link. Okay. Yes. We got a screener. It's always so exciting. We get a screener. But fear not because this movie, by the time our podcast about it comes out, you'll all be able to watch it. And that movie is Candyman. 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 <gasps> Tony Todd walks in. Hey, guys. <laughs> No, I try it every night. It never works. I know. Oh, man. <laughs> Tony, please. <laughs> yeah, so we'll watch Candyman, and then we'll uh, talk about that. So, you That's know. probably going to be another fucking long-ass episode where we're just, like, analyzing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for you editing these. At least I both these movies are new releases, so I can't really put in clips of them. Can't put in clips. That takes up a lot of the time. <laughs> so thank you guys for for watching and joining this week. Yeah. For a not horror movie. Yeah, you'll get a horror it. movie next week. Don't worry. Yes. Uh, until then, you can follow Dead Meat on social media at Dead Meat James on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Carebex, C-A-R-E-B-E-C-C, on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, and also we're recording this Friday night, and I just saw on Twitter that CM Punk confirmed AEW premiere. So, yeah? Yeah, I'm like, Gotta go check that out. Are you I just gotta, getting antsy? Yeah, okay, like, yeah, let's go, go yeah, let's go so, check that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks, everybody. Until yeah. next time, I'm James. I'm Chelsea. And this is... Ben the Dead Me Podcast. We're mixing it up. Mixing it up. <laughs> <laughs>